part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Branion and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Uh, you know what, Carl? You can take a tiny bottle of potpourri and you can fill a good size house with the aroma it's poopery actually well yeah but i or it was it was poopery we don't have any left and i feel i am actually relieved to find out that that's what it was because i was first told that it was the markers that you guys were right. using and i thought my gosh if the markers are this aromatic it's not good to use those markers in this confined space. Well, I thought it was markers because I was right up next to them, scrubbing them out of pants and off of Silas's hands, and 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 I was cleaning up that. While mess. you were cleaning that mess up, Emmy went into the bathroom and used up all of the po- the poopery. Yes. To create a. I don't know what a, it was. A smell, a sensation. I don't, I don't know what she was trying to do. She eventually filled it with water and was spraying that. Yeah. And she ran out of the scent. It's another, it's kind of a typical day though, isn't it? Don't it, you do this quite a bit? It's probably a typical day. It's hard to know what a typical day is anymore because this this would have been the, t- the kind of day that, you know, like maybe a year ago I would have said, yes, this is a typical day, but, you know, I'm handling it okay. This week has just been up and down for me emotionally and psychologically and um and so spiritually it's not been a typical day from my perspective it's like i'm i think i'm handling it okay from all external perspectives like i'm still trying to teach the children they shouldn't flush poopery down the toilet or spray it in the sink right they're still doing their school so in in the midst of the chaos homeschool is is persisting yes they got their school mostly done. I think Colin's working on his writing right now. I got Silas laying down for a nap. Mm-hmm. They had lunch. lunch. It's not been cleaned up yet. All of that is very typical right. for a Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. Oftentimes when we are doing this podcast, Carl, there's something in disarray. Something is yeah, not where it should be. Everything is not in its place. Right. I wrote a blog post a few weeks ago about how messes are the byproduct of growth. And so I've been basically reminding myself of that over and over again when I look at all of the things that they got for Marchmas. Yeah, Marchmas. You uh-huh. thought Febmas was the end or Janmas. I, I thought Febmas or, or Janmas we was... We ended up with January Christmas with Luke's father because COVID shut down Christmas on Christmas You guys remember Day. COVID? You remember COVID, Carl? Well, we actually had it. Yeah. And I'm suspicious that that has been contributing to all of my physical and psychological issues. Out of too. sorts. Um, Peaches has been out of sorts for a few weeks, and so it's not my thyroid. It's not her thyroid. <laughs> we know that as which, of yesterday. And she's still trying to decide whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Whether I'm glad that my thyroid is trustworthy or whether a, I wish a rock I could solid it. thyroid. It'd be great if I could just 
be mad at my thighs. So, <laughs> so when you see her and you go, that looks like a girl with a solid thyroid. You're right. And I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. Right. Be prepared. There was, there's a part of you that would like to have been able to say, yeah, my thyroid is out of sorts. And so we need some sort of Colin. medication. Correct. <laughs> Coming up next to me and whispering while I have headphones on is not going to help. It doesn't help. Go ahead and talk out loud. What do you need? What do you need? Oh, it's time to amaze me. Okay. Yeah, he's going to amaze. He's okay, reading come something. Over, come close to the come mic. Come to, to the mic so Carl can hear you. Okay. By Colin McKinney. I know how to help people by Colin McKinney. Here. I, I don't close. think we can hear him. Get close I to this. I help do the dishes. I help do the lawn. But I still like to help forever on. So it is good to work hard. So work with. So work to with. So it is good to work hard. So work, what's it supposed to say? Because I think you missed a word. So work with you. So work with you. So work with you. It's good to work with you. That was all because of this picture that mm -hmm. it gave you to that you needed to write about. And what's in the picture? Some kids working. No, it's like the boy giving two dogs and cat food. Yeah. What are they doing? I can't see the picture. Here, get close to the microphone. Oh, he's feeding dogs and cats. Two cat or two dogs and a cat, and he's feeding them. Yep. So that's the end. Well, so I had totally do. Totally do. Totally yeah. do. Totally do. Um, it's from. Totally do. I'm amazed. It's just like a little. I learned that from. <laughs> little John John phrase at the end. Totally do. Totally do. I'm amazed, Colin. Toodaloo. 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 Yes. Or toodaloo-doo. Um, I learned it. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, you are Millie you are amazing. Yeah, from... Colin is a math guy, and yeah. so when he writes a thing, that's uh, well, out of this his... Is, you're supposed to copy this poem, and this out time of his you zone of comfort. Because it's supposed to be okay. cursive. Okay. So All right. That's, again, that very typical. All of this is... Welcome to the podcast, Carl. This is your first first time out with us. Uh, that's also pretty typical. I wouldn't be surprised if Silas is not sleeping and if he ends up at the top of the stairs in 10 or 15 minutes saying, Mommy, can mm. I come down now? <laughs> so all of that to say, like, I, I just don't feel like myself. I don't feel like I'm handling all of those things as I normally would. But it's complicated because... I'm not necessarily convinced that the way I normally would handle it was a better way, per se. Just a different way. It was different, and it and it felt more comfortable. I was more comfortable with the routine and with, you know, it was sort of on autopilot. It's like mm. driving to work. It's like it's like driving to work and not knowing how you got there. That was how much of parenting was. For I me. when I drove out to your house, I. I turned as if I was going to the church. And then as I as I pulled out onto that road, I was like, this isn't where I meant to go. But my brain just took me there because yeah. it's the same route. It's like that. Okay, so it would be that was how parenting felt for a long time. Where and, and if I took a wrong turn like that, I'd be like, Well crap. But it wouldn't affect me like emotionally. It would now you're be, like <laughs> now I'm like, I'm not gonna make a wrong turn because I'm so freaking hyper aware of every single stoplight and every single intersection <laughs> that it's it all just is You never let your guard down. Yeah. You never 
you're never not in your head. Yeah. It's like being afraid of making the wrong turn, which I've done. Again, I've made wrong turns in the past and I know how that goes and it's not the end of the world, but it's like, I'm just so afraid that I'm going to end up driving to the wrong place that I cannot settle down. That you can't, uh, you can't relax. Yeah. You can't unwind. Yeah. And, And so on the one hand, you know, things are getting done and, and all kinds of stuff. I'm are getting reading done. lots of things. Po- po- poopery is being mopped up off of the floor and yeah. the sink, and markers Dishes are being cleaned have up. Been washed, and the laundry lunches are being twice prepared this week. And I'm children are being bathed. I'm back at the gym again. I haven't been. I basically the entire quarantine. Quarantine shut it down for me. I was right. going to the gym twice a week regularly for for like five or six years, probably like a long time. Yeah, and then they started doing stupid. First of all, they COVID. closed it they for closed six weeks, the and then they then they made it so that you had to wear a mask. Right, while you're in the Y. At the gym, and I was like, this is weird. And then they had a special sign-up sheet, so you couldn't go to the classes unless you signed up ahead of time. And I'm like, yep. I'm a mom of four kids, and I don't always know what class I'm going to go to until I get there. So it was all very inconvenient. And so, the, and then eventually all of that you know, loosened up, but I just didn't go back. For whatever reason, hmm. and I knew and I probably you and should. Now you're going back, and the boys are going back. It's all like a family. We're going it's like back. Both of the families go together. Luke got his blood work yesterday because of insurance. He has to get his done regularly um, mm. for insurance purposes. He said those That's are the husband. best numbers he's had in a long time, if possibly ever. He might have said the best numbers he's ever had. He's working out. He's working out and mm. feeling good, and is building big muscles. Marcy says that her daddy is making big muscles. Yep. So he can do stuff like carry the dollhouse in. Yep. Uh, that's what she told me last week. The important stuff. Daddy's got big muscles, so he can carry that dollhouse in. Of course, she didn't mention that until I had already carried the dollhouse in. Yep. Well, but you have big enough muscles for that. I do have big enough muscles to carry the dollhouse, but her father uh, apparently would have been better <laughs> suited to do it. But So anyway, that's where things are. That's how the family <sighs> is. We're all just... Sort of in upheaval, and we are sort of in upheaval. We've got several things that are going on personally that I'm not sure that I want to talk about this week on the podcast. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, it's not that we're trying to keep them from you, Carl. But we are on the cusp, I think, of of having some very awkward and real conversations. And at, a year ago, with people that. We should have had these conversations with all along. Yeah, because a year ago, I would have been able to handle it with no yeah. trouble, it seems like. Now but you're then, having emotional and psychological but damage. But then maybe this is how it was meant to be all along. Maybe if I had been allowed to have these conversations a year ago, I would have been too yeah. indelicate and aggressive. And and the, now I just don't have the, the issue, <laughs> don't have the strength. The issue for me is that I am... I'm a person who does not want to be causing division. I don't want to be the guy who stands up and always has a complaint about things. I don't want to be that guy who always points out the negative. I don't want to be that guy. Somebody but has to do it. I am wired up to be that guy. And so the problem is I am. I, I don't want to be that guy, but it's how God made me. And so I've spent most of my adult life arguing with myself instead of arguing with the people who I'm supposed to be arguing with. I'm at a point now where there are, there are people 
church situation, and there's things going on at church that shouldn't be going on. And there's uh, there's gossip, and it's mostly untruth. There's mostly we're just not saying true things to each other anymore. And yeah. I am, like I said, on the cusp of starting to say those true things. And right. I it's taken me a long time to get there. And they're not saying true things because. They don't want to be divisive. They don't want to be those people who say who cause you know grief and are always complaining that nobody wants to be that guy. Right. Um, but the question isn't how do we feel about this. The question is what's right. Is what's true. What and is what's right, right and what should we do? Correct. And that's a really, really, really hard conversation to have with God. It's a hard conversation to have with people that you spend <coughs> you know week in and week out talking to people you're close to and people you love and it's really hard to have that conversation with somebody that you don't know very well it's especially hard to have that conversation with people that are not good at having conversations right right which is why we started this podcast by the way a long yes. time ago seven years ago well not that long ago six years ago it was six right. years ago yeah because um, we we wanted to have true conversations we think that we have quite a few. Pretty we want to honest, show people uh, open conversation. Talk like, or how we talk at least. You know, this is how we unpack stuff. This is when we're feeling crappy. This is how we, we just talk. Say it. We talk about it like, well, okay. On the one hand, I feel really not great, but on the other hand, like yesterday, I felt pretty good, and mm-hmm. and then on the other hand, again, if I have three hands, um, maybe this is God answering my prayer for you know, for humility and for more wisdom and for righteousness. Maybe this is the mechanism that God uses. Well, not maybe. The Bible says that God uses suffering, suffering to grow us. And I'm like, dang it. Dang it, me. Why did I Why did I pray what I prayed? What was I thinking? Yeah, there's certain things that you can only learn the hard way. But this so is how we talk. You know, this is, this is how we unpack our crises, you know, whatever yes. they are. And other people, I don't think, do. They don't have the opportunity to to kind of do the pros and the cons thing and the right. They don't have time. They don't have space to process because many people are are very critical of raw thoughts and first thoughts, mm-hmm. and so that makes that makes others afraid to voice them. I know it makes me afraid to voice them in certain places. There's there's people that I don't say what I'm thinking in front right. of them because they can't. Right. They they won't allow me any latitude at all to for nuance for uh, for redirection. Right. They won't they won't they won't tell me what they're thinking so that I can respond to their thoughts. It's all it's very combative right. and immediately adversarial. Well, from, from the first moment. Yeah, I just think that they're very uncomfortable with it because they haven't had a lot of conversations in their own lives with their own friends and family. And so if you don't have anybody that you... Uh If you have that facade up, I don't say a mask or maybe a... if Maybe it's a caricature of yourself. You're talking about a... uh, Not not a physical mask. You're talking about a... Yeah, like if you've got that... If you're always on the defensive like that, like if right. you never really say what you think. You're guarded. Oh, there, that's a good word. If you're guarded all the time and there's nobody that you're really honest with. And I mean, even like spouses, like even husbands and wives are uh-huh. being advised not to 
be totally honest with each other right. because there's you know, certain things you can't even tell your spouse because yeah you want to it what it means to be loving and to be compassionate and to right. be a and good you listener. say that because you're anticipating that your spouse is going to have some sort of a reaction to yeah. that and that reaction will be negative right. and that's that's really what's going on at uh the 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 details the names never matter. We never talk about names, Carl. But the details are: I have a. I'm just going to go ahead. The, I, I have a uh, thing that I do on Sunday morning. We have a we have a service on Sunday morning that that I am in charge of at my church, and it's a different sort of a service than what the other services are. The other services are traditional. They have singing, and then a guy gets up and preaches, and then communion and all that. Uh, I don't have a sermon per se in my service. That's the primary difference. Mine is more of a Sunday school, I guess. That's the the easiest way to understand it is it's kind of like a Sunday school lesson. I've got, we take a chapter in the Bible, uh, we read it, the whole chapter. Then I've got some commentary and some thoughts that uh, that I talk about, which would be a sermon if I was preaching. I was preaching, I would take those thoughts and I would arrange them in some sort of an outline and I would illustrate them and that would become a sermon. Right. But rather than doing that, I just sort of give the thoughts as they are in raw for form. Occasionally I'll have a example. Um, and then I ask some questions and we, and it's, so it's, it's not a typical format. Um, so Easter's coming up and I was informed that we're not going to do that, my service, my 915 format on Easter, because, and that's where the problem rose. <laughs> the, first, because... the, the first problem was that the, that the guy who, was, uh, who decided that we weren't going to do that didn't tell me, uh, and instead asked one of the other leadership members to call me and inform me that, this was what was going to happen. And that does not work with me. Uh, if I'm if I am involved in the Easter program and I am, then I should be involved in the decision making, or I should at least be in the loop when we're deciding whether we're going to shut down my service uh, for for a different format. But the reason that I wasn't contacted is because the guy that I actually talked to the guy and by his own admission, he said, I didn't want to get involved in a big lengthy conversation having to explain why I wanted to do, you know, right. my, my other format. Right. I didn't want to get in a big long conversation and I, I'm, I'm giving him uh, some slack on this because this is a person who's not used to having conversations. He's certainly not used to having conversations with me. But when you say to me, oh, I didn't want to talk to you because it was going to be a big involved conversation, that does not make me go, oh, yeah, I understand that. That, that makes it worse for me. Because the reason it has to be a long involved conversation is because you haven't thought about why you're shutting the service down. And you know that if you talk to me, I'm going to ask. I'm going to say, why are we doing this again? And 
and you're not going to have a good reason for it. Right. And so, and so what you're saying is, oh, I don't want to have a big, long, drawn-out conversation. What you're actually saying is, I don't want to think about this. I don't want to answer questions. I don't want to answer questions. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to process this. I don't want to weigh the pros and the cons myself about this decision. I just right. want to make this decision and then have everybody be okay with it. Right. Yeah. And so that's the problem. It's not that, it's not that my service or my format is being shut down. That's not really the problem. Right. The problem is that it's being shut down and nobody is giving any explanation as for why. Now, yeah. I think because I'm a guy who processes things and thinks about things, there's only really two reasons that occur to me, and I'm running this past Peaches for the first time, so you can tell me if there's another one. But shutting down the, the odd service, the service that is... Uh, controversial. It's not it's not everybody's cup of tea. Some people walk into that service and go, "What in the world is going on here? This right. isn't church." Right. So I understand that. But the only reason that you would shut it down on Easter, just on Easter, is because a you're afraid that somebody who doesn't know that that how this service works is going to walk in unknowingly and be uh, traumatized in some way, mm-hmm. or b you are uh, you're prideful and you just want to do all the talking on Sunday. That's the only two reasons I could think of why you would shut it down. I don't even necessarily think those are two separate reasons, though. You think they're the same reason? Well, yeah, I would say if you, if you think that, you know, somebody else is going to be alarmed and unprepared for what they found at the odd service then the the converse of that is I I know what they are prepared for and I would do a better job. I am what they expect. And I and so, you know, you might say that it's it's prideful to think that not only do you know in advance what the people who may walk through the doors on Easter well, that want, was, but it, also you are the solution to whatever that was said. Is. That was basically was said. I talked to this person on the phone and so I'm not talking I'm not saying anything that I didn't say to directly to them um but that was his that was his claim the first one was that he just wanted to open up more space i just wanted to have as much space as possible for people on easter and i quickly said well the amount of space does not change depending on the format of the service so you have the same number of chairs whether we do my service or whether we do another format right and complete sentence there the complete thought is i want the maximum amount of space for my for my brand, part for, for my yes my format for what i'm doing right and so which e- even if that had been said it would been it would have been better yeah. than all the the untruth that was basically told to me it would be honest it's okay to say i think that my way of doing things is better yes. like i think I think that that my service or my vision for this church or my whatever, like I think my programming is better. That's why I believe in it and that's why I'm doing it this way. Right. The reason that I'm doing it is because I think that it's worthwhile and valuable right. and, and, and I, stand I think, behind that. I think the same thing. Right, um, right, and stand behind it. Right, well, oh, and that's where... Again, that's where the problem comes up because I'm saying true things. I have said... on I. Put it to this person. I said, well, how would you feel if I came in and said, you know what, Easter's a big day and we're going to have a lot of visitors here. I think we should do my format in all three services rather than 
rather than a traditional service. Mm. I think that would be a perfect time to do it. How would you feel about that? And I know how in that question didn't get answered, mm-hmm. but but it's uh, it's a legitimate question. And I would be absolutely, I, I would stand up and say, yeah, my system is better. My way of doing things is better. But that's the difference between me and the other people on leadership is they won't own it. Because I asked, I said, is, is there a problem with what I'm doing? Is, is what I'm doing incorrect? Right. Is it, is it biblically flawed? Am I sinning in some way? Oh, no, we don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's like, then why are we shutting it down? Right. Then why is it inappropriate for Easter? Right. Why, why are we not doing it on the, on the biggest Sunday of the year why, if there's nothing wrong with it? Yep. And that is a very difficult question to answer when you don't want to be truthful. Well, if that's any consolation, Carl, Tabby and I, Tabby's my sister, Tabby has talked at length about what it was like growing up in our home when we were adolescents and mm-hmm. how she always felt like she needed to come to you anytime she had a request or, you know, a question. She was like, I just felt like I needed to have a PowerPoint and have all my slides together and- <laughs> You know, flow charts With me? and graphs. That's what she always says. I never necessarily <laughs> felt that way. but Is that fair? Are you, does tabby. she have a point? Well, I think it may have felt that way to a person who wasn't, <laughs> who wasn't prepared for, you know, who wasn't prepared to defend their position. Once you get used to it, like once you get used to the fact that you should have a why or you should at least, you know, you should at least have some goal in mind when you're making various decisions. Um, then, then it doesn't feel quite so stressful. You don't necessarily have to have everything worked out, but you do know that when you come to the table, you're going to your contribution is going to be however much thought you have already put into this matter. Right, and well, that was the point that I was going to make is when you when you are a child and you are confronted with that on a regular basis that in, you internalize that, and eventually you get to the point where you're starting to ask your own questions. Tabby eventually got to the point where she didn't need to come to me because she was asking the same questions that I was going to ask her before before she came to right. me. Right. Well, and, and in the cases where she thought she needed to have a presentation prepared for something as simple as, can I have 20 bucks to go to, you know, dinner and a movie this weekend or something. Well, that was on her. Right. She Well, that was what I was, right. was, was going to say. Me. In order to get correction about that and to feel more at ease with those types of questions, you have to approach the other person and talk about it. And right. you have to say something along the lines of, you know, sometimes I feel like I just have to have everything all figured out before I could come to you. And yeah. and then you can work out whether that's a, that's reasonable, whether it's your fault or whether it's perception thing or, you know, but right. all of it still hinges on the conversation. It still hinges on being willing to go to another person, another human being mm-hmm. and, and have a meeting of the minds. And that's a thing that I think a lot of people don't have. They don't have in their families. They don't have it in their churches. They don't have it at work. They just, true. they just kind of, scoot along you know they bounce from one random decision to a, to the next right well um, and yeah. i i, I want to make sure that that i'm not misrepresenting myself mostly <laughs> uh, and that is that not every decision requires you know 
hours of cogitation. So one thing that's coming today. Deciding, I decided that I wanted to eat pizza for lunch today. That only took me up on the way over. It only over. took me a few seconds to it, make that decision. Just today, um, I'm I'm expecting a book being delivered that was not my idea, or it wasn't me who asked for it. Luke, my husband, said that he read it. Or it was recommended to him for some reason. I think he might have read it, and it was or somebody at work read it, and it's called "Just Do Something." Um, I forget the name of the guy now, the author, but um, it's about how God is not like this. He's not that father. He's not the the father who's just constantly hiding his will from you and right. then just expecting you to you know flip coins and figure it and out, figure it out, agonize over. Yeah, it. like okay, I just I know that he wants something from me, but I, know I don't God know what that thing but is. He's so he's so unapproachable and so unreasonable and yeah. so fastidious. Yeah, yeah, and and so you know to to make those decisions without feeling like you need to you know right connect all of these right. plots well, on that's, a that's graph. why when, when i find out that tabby felt like she needed powerpoint it kind of makes that me go all the time wow. yeah. she says that all the time and some of it's a personality thing with her but i and i i i get it and i'm not i'm not offended uh in a, in a way that's kind of that's what i wanted i wanted you kids to be Thinkers. I wanted you guys to be critical thinkers. And when you can start to criticize yourself, that's the thing that's been so frustrating at church is because I I do criticize criticize myself. And before anything before anything comes out of my mouth in regards to the Sunday service, for example, for Easter, it's rattled around up in my brain for a long time. And I've and I've thought about okay what what are the whys what are the implications what are what what's actually happening and and i think about that stuff right and it bugs me that i'm the only one that does it it right. bothers me that i'm the one carrying this burden and nobody else does everybody else just gets to go oh yeah we're not gonna we're gonna shut down john's service you text him because i don't want to put up with the conversation so you 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 call him and just tell him what's up and it's like, yeah, I'm I'm the only one that's burdened by this decision. Um, everybody else is is uh, aloof. Yeah, well, to an extent, but but yeah, this is this is one of the things that's that's been floating around, you know, in in our lives. One of the issues. Um, on the other hand, like yes. Lots of things, lots of calls and emails have come in lately for for churches and theaters and places opening back up and wanting to do Hooray. comedy again. So that's Hooray. exciting. So we're not going to starve. I guess that's optimistic. And yeah, I just, I, I think, did you want to talk about bullying also? Well, we can. I, I was, I've, I think it's kind of on the same well, I was just going to say, frequency. like, from my perspective, I don't feel as, I don't feel as confident or comfortable, you know, going out guns a-blazing as I have in the past on, these, on these subjects, well, on any of the subjects, because I think that in my own life, as a result of my upbringing and in critical thinking and in, you know, searching through the scriptures and in having a personal relationship with God and all of these things, 
like because of the season that God is allowing me to go through right now, I am, you are less certain. Well, I'm getting the the idea that He just wants me to to chill for a bit, like that I have to spend some time, some more time. So thinking. I have to do most of the talking. Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, there are definitely some conclusions, some conclusions that I can make. The reason I wanted to bring about that, the reason I started thinking about bullying, which is a subject that's near and dear to my heart. In fact, it's in the book. Uh, that uh, it was the tennis player that uh, uh, now I can't remember what her name is, but she's she's a fairly famous. She's been in the headlines, and she basically. Uh, collapsed into tears because someone was heckling her in the stands mm-hmm. and it's happened to lebron james not that long ago where he had some people thrown out for talking smack and uh there are uh simone biles had some uh, i don't know that it was necessarily bullying but there have been a number of public figures who have been uh have been complaining of being bullied, heckled, right. you know, uh, emotionally assaulted. Right. And I, the the tennis player was the one who did it for me, where it's like, okay, she she dropped out of the competition. She 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 lost the competition and then made a speech. She she talked to the audience afterwards. She lost and she took time to address the audience and tell her, her emotional baggage that she was dealing with and and bursting into tears and everything instead of instead of just standing aside and letting the victor uh be acknowledged for her victory Mm -hmm. this person made it all about herself and her struggles and her emotions and and so i wrote about a, a a savvy parent who is trying to prepare uh, their child, parents who are trying to prepare their children to be okay in our culture will will prep them to be bullied because bullying is going to happen at some point. Now, I've, I need to be clear. I'm not talking about physical assault. I'm not talking about somebody shooting at you um, because that was where it went when I wrote about it. It's like, oh, I just shoot my kids so they're ready. And it's like, no, no. I specifically said sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will not hurt me. And you have to raise children who understand that the only pain that a bully can cause you is the, the, is the pain that you allow them to cause you. You give them permission to hurt your feelings. And if you're not armed with that knowledge when you become an adult then you may go out onto the tennis court in an in front of an international audience and behave very badly because no one told you yeah people are going to talk trash from time to time when you're out on a court that's that's what sports is sports is is competition and it's psychology and people say awful things to each other um Mm -hmm. that's the way it goes yep and a year ago i would have said (laughs) (laughs) i totally agree people are not resilient enough they are and and i still again i still agree with that and i still believe all of that 
But I do have a renewed sense of empathy for just how difficult it is when your feelings are not agreeing with what your thought process is. Like even people who are very strong and have and have a very solid foundation and a good value system can still be completely taken aback by the by this, you know, flood of hormones or right. this like Well, cuz you're one of those people. Yeah, or yeah. I didn't think that I still was. I knew that there have been times in my life where I've been able to imp- like I knew there've been times in my life where I was that tennis player or I was you know, that kid on the playground who's who's screeching and making everything worse. That's how I'm able to talk about it with with uh, some authority because I'm, I'm a human being, and so I've experienced this on Earth before. <laughs> well, but that's to, how I talked about it. Was I, I grew up in a neighborhood full of boys, right. and I, saw, I talked about that. I said right. it was just relentless. We just made fun of each other for everything. But to actually be going through it now with my, my emotions are not on board like they're not lining up with how they have in the past like my stress response is not what it has been like i've spent a long time building up a tolerance for bullying and mm-hmm. a tolerance for you know for lies like, so is it possible then or i mean is it is it even possible to prepare people for bullying i think um i think if your that emotions are gonna just go haywire i honestly don't know, know. like i don't know where we I've been saying this the whole time. I've been saying this for months. I don't know where we end and God begins as far as the wills and the choices go. Like, mm-hmm. um, I do think that he's given us some measure of, of free will. And I think that it's, it's hard to comprehend. I'm reading A.W. A. A. Tozer's Tozer. Knowledge of the Holy right now. Yep. And he spends the first, like, three chapters talking about how even just trying to wrap our minds around it is a is not possible like you cannot we should be asking these questions because god designed us to be question askers and he has revealed certain things about himself but it's only because he has deigned to reveal things about himself that we could ever that we could never know anything know any of it any of it at all and so and we also have the capacity to understand things what are the things that god is revealing that we he wants us to know that we can know and that we can do what are the things that he's giving us that are choices that we can you know, take dominion over. Like if I plant, if I plant an apple seed out in my yard, I have a pretty good idea that it's going to grow. It may not grow at all, but if it's going to grow, it's going to grow an apple. Not tree. in your yard because the squirrels will dig it up and um, eat that and seed. And it's clay. The clay is really not great. Yeah, for and they've also got a lot of uh, cultivating gophers and moles. Uh, they got a yeah, lot of moles too. Moles. So probably, but like you'd have to plant it indoors. We can decide if we want to try to grow one type of of plant or another. Right. Your and point he, is that God would would make that tree grow if he wanted but, to. But yeah, but God is still the one that makes the tree grow, and right. I don't. Yeah, it's really difficult. Like right now, I wish that I could say with with full confidence to Carl, "Oh yeah, you cultivate you know resilience in your kids, and there's just nothing that's ever." Gonna I wish snatch you could them. say that too, because that was my position, and it would be nice. to God have you is going to totally honor that, and it'd I be do. nice to have you echo my sentiments on my podcast. But that's okay. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna. I will do my best, but I have to say true things. Okay. <laughs> Emery, I need you to take your tablet very far away from the microphone because you're sitting it next to the microphone, even though I'm doing this with my hand, which means go back where you were. Right. They're not direction. reading the body signals very well. Um, yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I don't know. understand. Now, is it is it also possible that, uh, that you kind of hit on 
one of the solutions when you said just do something like even like you well, know what the truth is yet. and you don't feel <laughs> and you don't feel it but you should just go ahead and keep doing what you know to be true even if it doesn't yeah. feel like it. Well, I have some I have doesn't some experience with that in the past after my postpartum depression, um two of them. And I also there's a a lady whose testimony with her own postpartum depression was a, a big influence on my life who also testifies that that you know after 18 months of of seeking God's you know seeing God's face and and doing what she believed to be true even though it was just miserable that that she did eventually recover from the thing that was you know physically affecting her mm-hmm. but I do think that it's rem- I do think people always want to hear from me that there are physical components like I people are always asking me to to validate their medicine use or to validate right. their trip to the psychiatrist or whatever. And just <laughs> on, on the heels of you mentioning that there's nothing physical wrong with you, at least that you've detected yet. Yeah, well, that's my point. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit bitter today and a little bit grouchy because I'm like, I do believe that, that God has given us component. physical bodies and there's just a physical not for component. me. And I don't know what it is. I, there is a physical component still. Yeah. I just don't know just if don't know it's what it is. the kind of thing that God expects me to address or if it's just one of those mysterious processes because because everything works together. It's right. all so tied up and interconnected. You can't really separate your consciousness and your spirit from your body. From your body. In any meaningful your, way. Yeah, and right. from your um, choices either. Like, is this is this something that I'm directly responsible right. for? You can't separate the, how you feel from how you think. Right. Very easily. Right. And that's all, that all is worth saying. Like, I, I don't know how helpful it is. I don't know how, I don't know if I'm actually validating somebody's poor choice to continue to, you know, medicate themselves with alcohol or something. Like, I don't obviously want to do that. Right. But and when I say, when I say bully your children, I'm not <laughs> saying you should extinguish cigarettes on their forehead as you pointed out i'm not saying you run them over with the car and you hit them with baseball bats what kind of god what kind of god allows a person's thyroid to be malfunctioning now my thyroid is not malfunctioning that we know of but her thyroid again thyroids are rock solid some some people's thyroid does need help need support it's malfunctioning some what? people's livers don't work. Some people's eyes don't work. Some right. people's hearts are weak. And you can you can point to the guy whose liver is shot because he's been drinking so much alcohol every day for 20 years that he did it to himself. But there are people who've got issues with their organs that did not actually choose those right. particular ailments. That their behavior did not lead to it's it. It's not a one-to-one ratio. And then there's the people who smoke you know, every day of their life and live to be 100 years old. I would say I bring that up because there are people, I know many atheists who consider that bullying from God. It's like, well, here, you didn't even have a choice in this matter. And this is a hard reality that you're being forced to confront. You're waking up, you know, every day with, with like the light of life and the joy of life kind of sucked out of your being for whatever reason, you don't even know why. And you're still obeying and you're still obeying and doing what you expect, what you think God wants from you. And it's just not, quote, working. That is the bullying that I was referring to when I used the term bully because we have been called, I have been called a bully countless times. I've lost track of how many times someone has told me that I am bullying someone for what I write. And 
that's the way I mean the term because we've got a, a lot of people, church people included, who if you say something true, if you say, for example, that uh, I should have been consulted before we shut down that service that I was part of, right. I would be bullying the person bullying. that I'm talking to. Well, but I mean, to. like that's still nothing compared to giving kids cancer. No, I, know? I, right, right, and right. I, and Everything's I think a degree. that that is part of the conversation. Like that, that also bears mentioning. It needs to be brought up. That, that why would God allow, you know, these types of, these things to happen when from a human perspective, from a very short-sighted perspective, that's just nothing but mean. That's nothing but mean bullying. And I would say that there is great comfort and great joy on the other side of it when you're able to acknowledge that there that it is always for our good. When you're able to come to some sort of a conclusion or you come to another fork in the road later on in your life and it you realize that that first instance of suffering prepared you for it. I mean, that's really, that's really where you get to see your own growth. Um, but there are a lot of people who never get there because they're just too afraid of how hard it is. And it is hard. It, they're so afraid of the suffering. And they, they don't want to have the long conversations. They don't want to have long conversations. They don't want to be, they don't want to experience, they don't want to be Job, like you mentioned, right. reading Job in the Bible reading challenge. They don't want to experience the suffering because nobody wants to experience that suffering. I mean, that's that's what makes it suffering by definition. It's right. it's not pleasant. And people are like, why would I ever want to go through that? And it's like, well, you don't want to right. per se. Right. But and, and you do want the result connected. of it. Right. That was what I was I was writing about when I said the parents need to be um, familiarizing their children. I think the term that people are bullying. a little bit more comfortable with is tough love. I think maybe. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm I am have for the past few years now, and it's because of your influence. I just take the words that I'm given and use them the way that they were they were scribed. But mm-hmm. but that's that's always the problem. Is someone's going to come along and object to the term? You know, tough love. Who are you just going to call that tough love and think that's okay to... You're just calling it tough love, but really all you're doing is bullying your kid. And it's like, okay, if, if bullying's the term that you want me to use, then we'll use that term. Yeah. Well, that you said that was a tactic you got from me, but I think you mean it was a tactic you got from former me from a few years ago. <laughs> right. Before God bullied from me these last three weeks. Other admit, well, here's the thing. Everything I've got from you is from former you. Right. Because future you is not here yet. Right. Well, past, I mean, quite a bit in the past me now. <laughs> Just say a year ago or so. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I I think we'll get through this. I'm, I'm not looking forward to the awkward conversations. I'm not looking forward to the conflict and the intervention. A lot of people think that that I do look forward to that. A lot of people think you lo- you relish that. I know. Well, there have been you just been love to fight. In, well, because there have been times in the past where I did relish it because I really did feel like it was progress. Like my feelings were connected with my spirit, and I knew that it was for my good for their good for everybody's good and so i was really comfortable with that and now god has taken that away from me for one reason or another so here we are uh you know what i'm about to pass out from the smell of poopery (laughs) colin has been asking me for something for about 10 minutes now Uh, let's get it for him i'm gonna go outside and breathe some fresh air 
for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time. 